Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and today is Tuesday, December 5th. On this date in 1933, prohibition came to an end as Utah became the 36th state to ratify the 21st Amendment, repealing the 18th Amendment. In 1975, the album Fleetwood Mac was certified gold in the U.S. It was the first album with Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. And for your morning trivia today, in 1992, this artist became the first hardcore rapper to have an album debut at number one on the Billboard album chart. Can you name that artist? I'll have that answer in a couple of minutes. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Desk to get a check on your forecast. Good morning, everyone. Meteorologist Chris Holtzman here. We are tracking cooler temperatures today. In fact, temperatures will be in the 60s, and we'll see a mix of sun and clouds. We had a cold front cross our area overnight. That's why temperatures today are in the 60s, and uh, we are tracking a dry day. We're not seeing any rain, and that's because we have high pressure to our north. So you will need to bundle up this morning, and we are tracking uh, temperatures a bit more comfortable for the afternoon. But future tracker shows clouds will continue to stream in from the southwest, and uh, we are looking at temperatures for tonight back in the 40s. We have another cold front that will cross our area overnight. That drops temperatures into the 50s on Wednesday and Thursday. And then look at those overnight lows. We're eventually we're in the 30s for Thursday morning and Friday morning. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Details this morning about a train versus car crash in Goose Creek. We've learned the driver in that crash has now died. The South Carolina Highway Patrol tells us the crash happened just after 10 last night on Highway 52 at Medway Road. Troopers say an SUV was traveling west when it pulled out in front of an Amtrak train and was hit. The driver was taken to the hospital with serious injuries where they later died. The Goose Creek Police Department is assisting with that investigation. The identity of the driver, though, has not yet been released. The body cam footage of a former Charleston County Sheriff's Office deputy violently arresting a man after car and foot chase has now been shared with the public. Now we do want to warn you that it is graphic and may be upsetting. The body cam footage shows former Charleston County Deputy James Carter punching Richard Duncan, forcing him to the ground and even at one point knocking him unconscious. This video prompted an internal investigation where the sheriff says Carter was fired within 24 hours. An assault charge also followed SLED's independent investigation. Our Melissa Rademacher talked to Duncan's lawyers about that video and what they think this means for the former deputy, their client, and the sheriff's department. Richard Duncan's lawyers say the video should speak for itself, and they are glad it's out in the name of accountability. And here it is again. Duncan's lawyers say the slew of curses and punches were over the top, and no criminal behavior warrants the violent assault in the video. They say especially since Duncan is on his knees in a surrendering position when former Deputy Carter gets to him. Duncan's lawyers say they fear this is indicative of a hiring and training issue at the sheriff's department. They were glad to hear Carter's supervisor, Tim Carroll, was taken off patrol and demoted following the incident as well. And they continue to ask for transparency in SLED's ongoing investigation. That, you know, how did he get to this point? Um, if, if we um, as attorneys and, 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 and you as the general public don't do this, then there could be another Mr. Duncan. And, and that person may not live to see the light of day. And so we can't have that. I think it's, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that this kind of conduct is not tolerated. 
You can watch the video with its original audio on our website, as well as read a statement from Carter's lawyers. In North Charleston, Melissa Rademacher, Live 5 News. And Charleston County Sheriff Kristen Graziano released a statement alongside Carter's body camera footage. She says that the department has zero tolerance for what happened. Take a listen to what she had to say. We provide our professionals the tools and training to be successful. And I'm their biggest advocate. But ultimately, it's our, it's our deputies' responsibilities to act appropriately and within the bounds of that training. We are responsible for who works at our agency and who represents us in this community. Our agency and law enforcement in general has no tolerance, zero tolerance, for the kind of behavior that was witnessed on that body camera. And we believe immediate and appropriate action was taken as a result of it. Carter was granted bond and SLED's case is still active and ongoing. We've also learned that Carter's supervisor, Timothy Carroll, was demoted for his part in reviewing and reporting the footage. Again, you can watch that video with his original audio on our website, life5news.com. South Carolina's Attorney General's office says that a man is facing more than 20 charges connected to the sexual exploitation of minors. 34-year-old Hampton Boyd Frazier is charged with three counts of criminal solicitation of a minor, attempted criminal sexual conduct with a minor, and 17 counts of dissemination of obscene material to a person under the age of 18. Investigators with the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, Mount Pleasant, and Charleston Police Departments arrested Frazier last Thursday. He was released on a $178,000 bond. The State Highway Patrol is also investigating a deadly crash in Georgetown County. Troopers were called out to Choppy Road near Genesis Drive around 1.30 yesterday afternoon. They tell us a Ford SUV went off the left side of the road, crashing into a guardrail and a tree. Troopers say the driver was the only person in the car and died there at the scene. The Georgetown County Coroner has not yet released the name of the driver. Today, Dominion Energy volunteers are bringing holiday cheer to families across the low country. This is the 41st year the company will host its annual Good Neighbor Fund Christmas project to help families in need. Yeah, it's a cool concept. The annual Good Neighbor Fund is an employee-driven nonprofit organization. And our Autumn Klein joins us live from the event location where we'll get to hear from one of the event coordinators. Good morning, Autumn. Good morning, Nick and Shelby. I'm here at the Dominion Energy Operations Facility. We're in just a few hours. Volunteers will be arriving to package some baskets. These baskets will contain an entire holiday meal for these families, as well as toys for any families with kids under the age of 14. Approximately 300 food baskets and 250 toys will be packaged and distributed, as you can see behind me. All of these toys and food items were funded completely by employee donations and will be given to families facing financial hardships or unexpected tragedies or emergencies. These supported families are predetermined by Dominion Energy employees throughout the year. Joining me now is Paul Fisher, a spokesperson for Dominion Energy, to tell us a little bit more about this event and his experience with it. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Autumn. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. So now, Paul, can you tell me how long have you personally been doing this? Sure. So the Good Neighbor Fund is so important to our company. I've been with the company more than 16 years, and I've been volunteering every holiday, whether that's packing bags or going out and delivering to families, every holiday season since I've been with the company. It's something we all look forward to 
all year long. And this, this Christmas project is really the culmination of a year's worth of work for the Good Neighbor Fund. Well, that is amazing. Now, can you tell me what made you get involved initially? So when I joined the organization and when you join a, a large company, you, you don't always think about the impact that those employees are having beyond the scenes. We're a utility company and we provide an important service uh, to our customers every day of the year. But when you talk about going out in the community and you talk about giving back, that's right. that hits you right in the heart. And that is really one of the reasons that I think Dominion Energy and our employee family can make such a big impact in the community. And that's really why it's, it's so close to all of our hearts. No, absolutely. Now, can you tell me what doing this event all these years has meant to you? Yeah, it, 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 it's Christmas Day uh, for, for the employees, and, and we're going to have a, a line of employees uh, cheering and getting together the camaraderie, uh, the Dominion Energy family. Uh, we know that sometimes you turn a corner in life and you're on that road alone, and families are facing hardships and tragedies. And the Good Neighbor Fund, uh, through uh, the, the kindness of our employees and our retirees, is there to make sure that our customers and our neighbors in our community are not on that road alone. Uh, so a holiday cheer, a holiday meal, what more can you ask for this time of year? It, it's like Christmas Day for all of us here at Dominion today. Well, that is amazing. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate it. And coming up at 6, we'll hear from Paul again about how this event has impacted families in the community over the years. Reporting live in North Charleston, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. Berkeley County Schools Superintendent and his and designees will review challenged books until the State Board of Education makes a final call. During last night's board meeting, District Attorney Brandon Gaskins uh, prepare, presented the resolution to suspend district policies, allowing parents to request the reconsideration of materials. This comes after a proposal from the State Board of Education that, quote, effectively nullifies what's currently in place. If the proposed state regulations do become law, the local school board may select new instructional materials or allow existing materials to stay if deemed appropriate. Most school districts in South Carolina are getting a cut of $20 million to bolster security and safety. But districts say that money will not cover all of their needs. District officials say what they needed when applying for the money from the school safety grant program was nearly double that was what was available. The money is going to more than 40 traditional school districts, several charter schools, and the Department of Juvenile Justice. The Department of Education says many school buildings across South Carolina are older, and their infrastructure predates today's safety and security needs. While it might seem like a lot, really, when we, you think about it at the state level and um, 77 school districts across the state, it, it dries out pretty quick. Quite frankly, they, they some areas need the, the extra security. Um, and, you know, this funding, certainly the priority is for um, for districts that um, really need the assistance. The Palmetto State Teachers Association is calling on lawmakers to prioritize school safety and replenish the money in the grant program. Lawmakers will look at requests for next year's budget when session resumes early next month. As far as our local school districts go, there are four districts that will be receiving money from the grant program. Dorchester School District 4 is getting $506,000. Berkeley County is getting $374,000. Charleston, $115,000. And Georgetown County getting $101,000. Now, schools can use this money for upgrades, including new classroom door locks, bulletproof glass and films for windows, to secure school entry points and other safety technology.
Did you figure out which rapper's album debuted at number one on the Billboard album chart in 1992? That artist, who might be more well-known as an actor these days, was Ice Cube. The album was The Predator. Celebrating birthdays today, comedian actor Margaret Cho is 55. R&B singer Carrie Hilson is 41. Actor Frankie Muniz is 38. And MLB outfielder Christian Yellick is 32. Thank you so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.